Welcome to iChurch. Our mission is to break bondage, inspiring you. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, iChurchOKA.com. But now, get ready for what God has to say to you. No matter who you are in this room, you are going to live a tough situation. Questions pop out all around us and, and we just don't know. Now, I don't, again, listen, I don't know if you went through the situation or if you're going to go through the situation. I don't know what the case is. It may be that you're going through a situation right now that's difficult, just difficult. And you're saying, Pastor, it's just difficult for me. I don't, I, I feel mixed feelings. I feel confused. I don't know what the situation is, but listen, I want you to be real with me. Come on, stop playing church for a minute, guys. Just stop impressing with everything that's around us. Just drop everything. Is there a current situation you're struggling with? Maybe with your mom, with your dad at work, at school, with your wife, with your finances, with with college? Is it with your marriage? Is it with your ministry? Is there something you're struggling with? And as you look at it, you say, you know, I'm going through a season. It's just tough season, Pastor. So then the question you'll probably ask yourself is, and this is what I'm here to answer, is why? You know, why am I going through this tough season? Why? That's probably what you're asking yourself. Why, Pastor, why would God, if God's so awesome and God's so great, why would God allow us to go through tough situations? Why would God allow a baby to die? Why would, why would, why would I have to go through this with my boyfriend, with my girlfriend? Why do I have to go through this season where, where I, I just don't know? Why do I have to go through this rejection where I don't feel loved? Why do I have to go through this with my, why do I have to feel so lost? Why do I, why do I not understand what God wants of me right now? Why? The question is why? Now, I'm not going to answer that question until you identify if you could really be honest with me today and confess and say pastor if i asked you and if i asked everybody here hey raise your hands don't do it don't do it yet okay raise your hands if you could identify and say pastor you know there is this one situation i'm struggling with it's just it's just it's just it's just tough a tough situation it's just a tough scenario I'll be honest with you, if I'm not going to be fake and religious and and if I'm not going to be a member of the fake book society and I want to be real, there is this tough situation and I want to know, I I would not dare ask God, God, why are you putting me through this? But I want you to answer it. If you can, Pastor, then I'll answer it. Why? Let me explain the first reason why we go through tough situations. Let me explain the very first reason. Number one, I want you to listen to this. And there's a question. If you go to the lake, all right, and the lake's there. And you jump in to the water. Okay, I'm all dry. I'm perfect. And I go to the lake. And I'm, I want you to relate to this. I'm, I, I go to the lake or I go to a pool. And I'm all dry. I came out and, and then I jump into the water. When I'm in the water and I come out, how do I come out? Wet. Why is it that I come out wet? Because I was dry but I jumped into the water, I changed my atmosphere, and the atmosphere in the water is wet, so when I come out, I'm wet. If I'm inside a hotel and I'm nice and warm, you're nice and warm and you're inside a hotel, and then all of a sudden you're in a hotel up in Boone in the mountains, and you walk out, or you're in your car, and your car is nice and warm, and you open up your car, and it's 20 degrees and snowing, or it's 10 degrees and snowing, and you go out of the car, and you stand there for the first first minute, 
that you feel, what, how do you feel now when you walk out of that warm car? How do you feel when you walk out? Cold. And you're like, Pastor, this is common sense. What are you, crazy? What are you trying to teach here? You walk out and you feel cold, right? And if you stand there long enough in that cold atmosphere, what happens to your body? You start getting colder and colder and colder and eventually you even freeze. Why? Because the atmosphere in, a, in, in, a, the atmosphere in 20 degrees or 10 degrees or 5 degrees below zero in snow is a cold atmosphere, so you feel cold inside. The reason we suffer and the reason you go through tough situations, the reason you do that is real easy. And I'll put it up on screen for you, uh, on the big screen. Watch, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 33, the Bible says the following. John 16, 30 says, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. See, if you, if you jump into the water you get wet. If you walk out to the snow, you get cold. If you walk out into this world, you will get trouble. It, it, it's, it's just there. If you jump into the pool, you're going to get wet. If you jump into the snow, you're going to get cold. If you jump into this world, you're going to get what? Trouble. So one of the reasons that, that God allows these things, one of the reasons we suffer is because God allows you to see what this world is offering. God shows you what this world is offering. He wants you to take a look at it. He's, God's trying to say, hey, 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 the reason you're going through what you're going through is because there's a rocky road. God's saying, I don't want you to get too used to this land. Some of, guys, some of you are living like there's no tomorrow. Like, some of you guys are living like there's it. Listen, this is not it. This is not it. I'm going to repeat that. This is not it. And if you live like if this is it, you're going to live a pathetic life because this life is full of trouble. And the reason you suffer is because it's a reminder. It's a reminder of, you know, I hurt my back in, in the month of February. I hurt my back, and I was out for a month on my back, and I couldn't walk, and I, I, got, really, I got really bent out of shape. And, and I was laying on the, on the, the only way it would, it would feel better is if I, would lay down on, if I would lay down on a rug inside the house with a pillow behind my, my shoulder. And I would have to sit there, and, and listen to this funny, funny story. Every time I sat there, right, and I'm, on the, and I'm on the floor and I have that pillow there, I'm sitting there with the pillow behind me. There's the situation. If I was there for at least 20 minutes, the back started feeling better. After 30 to 45 minutes, I felt less pain. After an hour, the pain was gone. What would happen was that sometimes I would watch a movie, I would sit down, or I'd read a book, and after two hours, you know what would happen? I would forget about my pain because it was no longer there and my mind wasn't on it. And then what would happen was that immediately I would get up and I would feel great, and I'd feel like everything's great, and I'd get up and I'd say, you know what, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to get up, and, there. and as soon as I hopped in the car and I tried to back out, it was like, oh, the Pain reminded me of my current situation. Tough times remind you of this world and what it produces. Pastor, what are you saying? I don't know what you're suffering, but your suffering is a reminder that someday Jesus is coming back and he has a better place for us. That's not this place and it's full of 
joy and it's full of his presence. It's not full of pain and sickness and hurting and death. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place that we're going to be able to make it to. So your pain shows us what this world is really about. Here, here's the second one. Here's the second one. For the second one, he, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. But before, let me give you an illustration. How many people here, how many people in this room are willing to learn to drive a, 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 a first of all, how many people here drive a truck? I mean, a trailer, a rig of 16-footer, 30-footer trailer. How many have a license for that? One? Okay, anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, one person in the room. Now, he drives these trucks. He knows how to, so you know how to drive these trucks, right? Do you have a CDL? Do you have a license for that? Okay, he has a license for that. That's great. How long have you been driving? Ten years you've been driving these big trucks. Now, here it is. I'm going to give you guys an option. Okay, I'm going to give you guys an option. Here, option number one. Um, how many people would like to say, Pasha, it'd be, I don't know about getting a license and living on that, but I'd, I'd like to sit behind one of those and, you know, i like to just shift some gears and I like to do that faster. I like someday to have that experience. I would like to get in one and I like to, I like to learn to drive one someday. How many people would like to learn to drive it? Raise your hands. How many people would like to learn to drive it? Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen people. Okay. Now watch here. To all you thirteen, I'll give you two options. Option number one. You can learn from my brother back there who has a CDL, okay? Here's option number one. Or option number two. Come over here, Derek. I'm going to let Derek teach you guys how to drive it. Okay? Derek's, look, just look, at, look at his face. He's just excited about being able to teach you how to drive that tractor trailer. Okay, here it is. Okay? You have an option. Thank you, Derek. You have an option. Option A, my brother back there who's been driving for 10 years and has CDL. Or option B, Derek. Now, I, now, Pastor, where are you going with this? I'm not even going to ask. It's ridiculous to ask you who you want to learn to drive from. You don't want to learn from Derek because Derek doesn't have the capability, the knowledge, or the understanding, or the power to be able to invest in you because he doesn't know. My brother's been doing it for 10 years, has the ability to do it. So here's my question to you. My question is to you, who would you pick to rely on, Derek or him, in a case like that? You would probably pick him and not Derek. All the people that raised their hand, right? Pain and suffering in this world comes. Tough times are hitting you right now because tough times show us who we could rely on. Tough times show you who you could rely on. Listen, when the going gets tough, the tough get going and the quitters and the cheaters and the liars and the, and the non-accomplishers and the people that want, they just disappear. They all disappear. They're not there for you. So tough times show you where God is and who you should really rely on and who you shouldn't. See, it shows you where the real strength is. Are you going to rely on Derek or are you going to rely on my brother to learn that CDL? Are you going to rely on yourself or are you going to rely on God when tough situations come by? See, when tough times come by, you see your strength and you say, man, I am not that able. I don't understand it all. I don't have control. Everybody say, I don't have control. You don't have control over everything. You want control over your kids. You want control over the situation with your boyfriend. You want control over situations in your house. You want control over the situation where you're sinning. You want control. But even though you want it, you don't have it. And that's just a scenario to remind you, okay, I don't have control. I need God. 
In this same chapter, John 16, 33, the second part of that verse says, Take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, you're going to have a headache and difficult times in this world, but relax because I overcame this world. Take it easy because this world's going to hit you left and right. You're going to have to think about the tough situation you have right now. You're going to have that tough situation, but I am God and I overcame them. You can't deal with it. This world will give you trouble, but I am God and I'm going to be with you. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're doubting now, but I am telling you that God says, I am God. I have overcome. Can I get an amen? So tough situations happen and God allows them. I'm not saying that God does them. You do them. God allows them because he says, man, when tough situations come around, you're going to see who, how strong you really are. And even the strongest fall, including myself, even the strongest break down and say, man, I can't do this anymore. And then you're going to realize that you need your father. You need somebody greater than you. Here's a third reason. Third reason. I'm almost done. Third reason. Third reason suffering comes. Okay. If I'm going to review the first one is because God shows you what this world brings. The second one is because you know who has the strength. You see your vulnerability. You see your need. You see how weak you are. And it reminds you to go to God. And here's a third reason. Reason number three. Okay. And I'm going to ask this with a question. I'm going to ask you the question. How many parents or people with babies in this room? Raise your hand. Anybody with the parent, parents, parents? Okay, I got a lot of parents in here. Okay, a lot of parents. Hey, parents, I have a question for you. How many of you have ever changed a diaper? Raise your hands. Any parent has changed a diaper? Okay, every single parent in this room changed a diaper. Okay, cool, cool. Um, did you change, have you ever changed a diaper because your baby took a crap in it? Raise your hand. Take your hand. Like, oh, oh, crappy parents. Okay, crappy parents. Okay. Okay, here it is. Here, how many of you, when you changed the diaper on your baby because he took a crap, you guys got so upset you took a crap on your baby? That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, right? Like, Pastor, I wouldn't even think about it. How about when your baby puked? You know, your baby just puked on you. You know, when they're really tiny, and you go, oh, wait a minute, and you just puke on your baby. We don't do that stuff, right? You're like, Pastor, that's just gross. What are you doing? You crazy. You're preaching from the altar. Wait a minute. How many of us do that? We don't do that, right? We don't do that, right? Why don't you do it? I'll tell you why you don't do it. You don't do it because you have a love and a care for that baby, that that baby has a priority. He has a priority in your life. Now, if, they, if you're with your buddy, if you're with your buddy and your pal and your best friend, then your pal and your buddy goes and cuts a fart. This is what you do. You say, hey, I could do one too. Why? Because your level of respect for your buddy is not the same level of respect you would give and love for your baby. Now, teenagers, do not answer this question because you will be in very big trouble. But your parents yell at you over something that's not fair. We never do that, but let's just say it was a miracle and then it happened. Or I just say, say, teenagers, don't laugh. You're going to get in trouble, man. Here it is. Just just say it. There was just, just, I know that doesn't really happen, but just say your parents went off on you and they didn't even listen to you and they didn't hear what you said. But they yell at you. How many of you go up and slap your parent in the face, just spit him in the face? If your hand goes up, you may need to talk after service, all right? But you don't do that. Pastor, why? Because he slapped me back. Wait, have you ever realized that some of you grow up and you become stronger than your parents physically? So it's not that. You don't do it because you have a level of respect and honor towards your parents. You say, man, I can't do that. That's not right. Just can't do that. Well, here it is, guys. When we go through difficult times, 
we realize and we're able to see with clarity what our priority is before God. Let me show you this in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. Look at this. Now, this is a story about Abraham. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. What did he do? He said to him, Abraham. Everybody say, Abraham. And what did Abraham reply? Here I am. Okay, he tested him and he said, I'm going to test you. He says, here I am. Let's see what the test is. Continue. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you what? Love. Check it out. The dad loved the son. He said, take your son who you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. He's saying, go. He's saying, go. Take your son. He says, Abraham. He he says, I have a test for Abraham. Abraham, I want you to go through this difficult time, and I want you to take your son, and I want you to go up to the mountain, and I want you to burn a sacrifice and throw your kid in the fire and kill him there. Now, some of you are thinking, man, that's just not right with God. (laughs) You You have to read the whole story before you judge it. But he says this. And what does Abraham do in this difficult time? Let's see. The next verse says, next verse says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took him with his two servants and his son. Just that. That's enough right there. Pastor, what are you saying? Abraham, in the midst of difficulty, had to make a decision if he was going to have God as a priority or he wasn't. You have all these things in your life, all these boxes. Which box is more important? Think about it. Come on, guys. Think about it. Everybody, everybody, everybody with me. Come on, come on. What's more important to you, your work or your car? Think in your mind. You got it? Okay. What's more important to you, your school or your family? Okay, what's more important to you, the car or the house? What's more important to you, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or your mom and your dad? What's more important to you, your coworker or your spouse? What's more important? Everybody here had an answer for at least five out of the six questions I asked. Here's a question for you. What's more important for you? Your situations or your God? What's first? What's more important for you? Is your God first? In tough times, you'll know if God is your first. Because if God is your first in tough times, you'll come and you'll say, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to run to you. God, you're first no matter what. God, no matter what happens, I'm going to come to you. You put God first. Abraham did this, and look what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. It says, it says, so also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Years later in the Bible, it says that what Abraham did, God saw it as righteous. He said, Abraham, you're the man. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Because when tough times came, it showed us who was first in your life. Was God first or was God not first? Pastor, you don't understand. Pastor, you don't know. Pastor, you don't know. I want to kill my kid. I'm going crazy. Is God first in your life? Pastor, you don't understand. I'm sick. I'm, I've gone to the doctor and they've given me his will. I want to know who's first in your life. Pastor, you don't understand, man. I feel alone. Nobody falls in love with me. I feel so lonely. I, feel, I want to know who's first in your life. 
Pastor, I want to serve in the church, but I just don't know if I can serve in the church because there's so many situations. I want to know who's first in your life. That's why your life's so screwed up in the first place. You have all these priorities before God. Look what the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of Preach first, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek what? Second? When do you seek it? What does verse 33 say? Come on. Nobody wants to say it or you're all falling asleep. Come on. Verse 33. Come on. Come on. Don't deny it. It says, but seek first his kingdom. But pastor, you got to understand that I got a family, but it says first. But pastor, you got to understand that I got financial, it says first. But pastor, you got to understand that I need a house, it says first. But pastor, you got to understand that he hurt me, but it says first. It says, sir, seek first the kingdom of God. So pastor, what are you, what are you saying? In this life, you go through suffering for three reasons. Okay, for three reasons. Reason number one, you suffer. Here it is. I want to repeat it to you. Number one, so you could see you've been going through what you're going through. I'm finishing. Listen up. You've been going through what you're going through because God wants you to see that this world is not everything. There's something bigger than this world and it's attached to God. You keep on putting all your focus on this world. Listen to me. If you've listened to nothing, listen to this closing. You've put all your energy in this world. You're worrying about physical things when you should be worrying about spiritual things. Number two, you think you're God sometimes and you want to do it all and you fail. You want to help everybody and you can't. You have to understand that you're vulnerable. And here's the last one. The last one is you need to honor God first. God is saying, listen, place me as a priority. Put, on, put the words on back there a minute of that last song that Jenny sang for a second and put it on screen for me. Put it on screen for me. Okay. Okay. Jesus is the center. I want you to hear this for a second. I want you to see this. I just want you to see it. It says, if you can't put it on the big one for me too so they could see it up here on the screen. I want you guys to listen to this. Because is this true or is this not true in your life? That's what I want to know. Is this true or is this not true in your life? When you hear these words of Jesus the center, is this true or not? Jesus be the center of my life. If I'm going through financial turmoil, be the center of my life. If I'm going through a rough spot emotionally, be the center of my life. If I'm hurting in my marriage, be the center of my life. If I feel tired, tired, so all the tired people out there, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Is that true? Are you freaking out with what you're going through right now? Do you feel, Pastor, I feel overwhelmed. I feel just too much, Pastor. Is he the center of all from beginning and to end? Look at that second verse. This is the verse that hits me the most. And this is why I'm preaching when I'm preaching. Nothing else matters. Say that with me. Nothing else matters. Say that again. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Say it with me. Nothing in this world will do. 
you know, you know, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Have you ever said, the hell with it? Have you ever said that? Now raise your hand, please. <laughs> Pastor's cussing from the altar. No, no. Have you ever said, you know what? That could go with Satan and its demons. I don't care. It could all go. I, I'm just, I'm just going to forget it. Can you live life thinking that way, actually, in real life? I'm inviting you. Will you be bold enough to say nothing else matters? That's what this song says. This song says, the hell with all my anxiety and worry. It could all disappear and all this financial strife. Come on. What, what are you living right now? Can you set it aside and say, the hell with it, nothing else matters except Jesus. I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to be it all. You know, God, it didn't work for me last week. It didn't go well. I wanted to and it didn't. It didn't. This didn't happen. I expected it to happen. But you know what? Nothing else matters. Nothing in this else, nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center and the everything revolves around you. I want you to be first. Everything else is second, God. God, you are first because when you do that you are showing God that he is first you are showing that this world is not the most important thing you are showing that people don't need to be around you if your God is with you you are showing your respect and your honor to God saying man it's tough man I feel sick man I don't feel good but I have an all-powerful God that's with me and hasn't left me nothing else matters I'm worried about a lot of things I should just worry about my God and only my God.